You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. Welcome to the Seahawks postgame show. Seahawks get it done today, 31-7, to the first home win this season. It feels weird saying that. Geno Smith has a great day, 20-24, 195 yards, two touchdowns. Started the game off with 14 straight completions. Tyler Lockett gets back on track. He records his 13th career 100-yard game. DK has an efficient day, six targets, six catches, 43 yards, and two touchdowns. The Hawks were one for one on fourth down. Geno scores a rushing touchdown. Trevor Lawrence got some yards late in the game, 238 yards, but only completed 59% of his passes. One touchdown, one interception. James Robinson, the running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, was knocked out early. Only had four catches, 22 yards. Travis Homer makes a play, picks up an onside kick, takes it to the house for a touchdown. Quandre Diggs becomes the only player to record at least three interceptions in the last five seasons. If there were some negatives, then the Hawks were not great on third down, but who cares right now? The Hawks put up 31 points. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars were 5 for 14 on third downs. They were 1 for 4 on fourth downs. They were really trying to get after it. Hawks only rushed the ball for 69 yards. It's all right, though. You have to take your wins however you can get them. I'm happy for these guys. I'm happy for all the fans who intended the game today. Let's go. Get her done, Hawks. All right, when we return, we will hear from Steve Rabel, Pete Carroll, Jim Mueller will have interviews with athletes. And we'll talk to these guys as they step up to the podium. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome to the Seahawks post-game show. I'm Michael Bumpus. Right now I'm joined with the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. Rabel, man, I'm, I'm just so relieved right now. This is something I've been waiting for for a while. What's your biggest takeaway from this game? That we won. I mean, <laughs> that, that's the biggest takeaway. You know, this team, we're just so not used to the Seahawks not winning football games and especially not winning games at home. And it was just eating Pete up. I have talked to him now after each one of these games and during the course of the week, I part of my job is to interview him. And, you know, it gets tough. You don't want to keep talking about harping on the fact that, okay, this is three straight now. But it was one of those things he said, I'm just sick about it. And he said, we can't work hard enough as coaches to try to get put the players in the right position to win. Now, it helped that you had a team coming in here that's, you know, brand new staff, brand new coaches, rookie quarterback, all those things, rebuilding deal for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That sure helped. But the Seahawks did a lot of things right today, Bump, to win this game. But that, to me, is the biggest takeaway, is it's just nice, even from the broadcast booth way up here in the stands and not down on the field, you kind of feel like, oh, that's kind of a weight now that every Seahawk fan and every player and coach and member of the organization can take off their shoulders. Ray, but we had a, a couple of really good performances today, but I want to show Geno Smith some love. 20 of 24, 195, two touchdowns. What you see out of that young man? Uh, exactly what you're, what you're saying. He came out. I think the run game initially really helped because we ran the ball well to start the football game, and that helped loosen up Jacksonville a little. And and Gino was just taking what they gave him. He found Tyler Lockett just in those little those little dig routes, six, five, six, seven yards deep between two defenders. Boom! Just get the ball out of his hands. Quick flat passes. Get the ball out. Let your playmakers pick up some yards. Don't get caught with the ball back there. Unfortunately, as happened several times in the second half, where he tried to get out of trouble and the pass rush got to him and he was sacked. 
But early on, I just thought he did a great job in that whole first half. And all those numbers are great, 20 to 24. You know, 195 yards, it's not like a 400-yard game. But what counts is that last number, as I've talked about, up on the scoreboard, and that's 31 to 7. Rabel, Lockett had a good day, 12 of 142. You mentioned that, 13 targets, 12 receptions. Do you think they went into this game and said, look, we got to get number 16 back on track and get him back in the groove? I absolutely do. He's a playmaker. He's one of your best playmakers. You can't just target him twice in the game or three times in the game, whatever it was, a week ago, and expect that to be okay because he's too good. You have to give him a chance to make plays, and today we saw it. Quick passes underneath, quick passes in the flat, sail routes for 25 or 30 yards, you know, down to the goal line kind of passes. He was just everywhere, and that's what Tyler Lockett can do for you if you just – Get him the football if you, as a coordinator, say we're going to call these plays and we're going to get that ball to number 16. And if you're a quarterback, you know what you're looking for and you get the ball out of your hands. You know Tyler's going to make a play on it. No, I think this game, very specifically the Seahawks came in and said we cannot win without having our two best offensive players, D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, not more involved in the game. And they got it done today. Rabel, great day at Lumen. You inducted Mike Holmgren into the ring of honor, and the Hawks get the win. You stay safe and get home, man. You too, my friend. All right. When we return, we'll hear from Pete Carroll, Jim Mueller with athletes in the locker room, and as they step up to the podium, all that is next. Your Seahawks win 31-7. to Welcome back. Seahawks get it done 31-7 to against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their first win at home. It feels kind of weird saying that, but it is true. Their first win at home, and they got it done with efficient play from the quarterback, Geno Smith, 20-24, 195, two touchdowns. You got Diggs, who got involved. He is now the first player uh, in the last five seasons to record at least three interceptions Trevor Lawrence threw a football up. Diggs was in the right area. Can't blame the man for making a play. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm talking to you guys, and we're talking about a win and not a loss, Ray. Yeah, you know, the thing I like in the first half, especially with the offense, is that uh, is that they, they spread the ball around. The running game kind of gave them some, some balance, and then they just created uh, passes, completions for, for Geno. So using the underneath routes for – uh, for Tyler throwing them throw, throwing the wide the screens out to the to the side to the receivers, uh, finding the tight end here and there, and so I, I just thought that they did a very good job of really trying to find completion completions for Geno, so the def- so the offense offense could stay on course. Yeah, and you know Turbo, they threw the ball 24 times, rushed the ball 25 times for 69 yards, but we're okay with this, right? We're okay with them running the yards might not have the success that you want but you're going to have a big play here and there Collins long was for 12 Homer had a long of seven Gino had a long of seven but you have to stick to the run and I feel like that allowed Gino to complete these short passes and be efficient throwing the rock yeah it makes the defense not let up on the run game because as soon as you do you know a big run is liable to break at any moment right so you know it, it makes the defense you know stay aware like you know, we may not have a lot of success in the run game, but the fact that we are running the ball lets you know that we're committed to it. And if you slip just for one play, we may be able to break one big. All right. So you have to stay disciplined on defense, and that allows things to be more open for Geno. And I think Ray made a great point uh, at the start of the game when he talked about, you know, the offense putting Geno in a position to make completions. And that's what you saw. And then what you saw after that to complement those things that complement the run game to complement those completions were the big plays the corner route to Tyler Lockett some of those plays down the sideline right in other games we were seeing Gino 
drop back and want to get those big plays early. In this game, we saw the offense set up those big plays to be successful. Ryan Neal, I believe that was your player of the game. I believe your key hawk. Was it your key hawk? You know what? Ryan Neal actually was Babs. Big play Babs. Babs. Key hawk. Ryan Neal Uh, comes in. He has a sack. Quandre Diggs, Moyer. Playing well. Playing good, man. Talk to me. Yeah, and, and making plays. You know, he's done a really good job in the open field the whole time, you know, and tackling, you know, make sure we don't get any big plays. He made a nice play on the sideline, uh, jarred one loose as well. So, you know, big big plays there. You know, th- this really to me is about the first half, you know, because – and then if we got Pete up here, we'll talk about that later. Uh, this was a really good game for us, uh, one we needed badly – just to get it home and have fun with the fans and all of that. But it was a really well-played game for us. Um, defense did a fantastic job all day long, uh, really, across the board. And uh, and just did what we hoped they would do. We continue to get better. We can see it. We're proving it. And uh, we need to keep counting on it as we, we head into the second half here. We officially started the second half today, by the way. That's the way we look at it. And uh, so... Um, but it was a really nice job. A lot of guys did a lot of good stuff. The coverage was solid, and the rush was was. We didn't get to him much, or we didn't sack him much, but we did. We harassed him all day. Um, the other side of the, the, this game was that jumps out is Gino. Geez, what a game he had! Um, starting off 14 for 14, and a throwaway was the first incomplete. Um, he was so calm and so poised, and just delivered the ball so well. It, this was really Gino at his best, and and that's what we can count on from him. And uh, we were able to do a lot of stuff. Um, Shane had a really nice plan for him to pop the ball around. The guys caught the ball really well today. The, all the receivers made their catches and all. And uh, Locke has the big day on this day um, with the yardage and catches and all that. And DK has two scores. So um, a lot of really good stuff there. So um, I was really proud of uh, Dwayne Brown. He was sick all week long. Um, and uh, it made it out there. He wasn't able to practice during the week and, and just sucked it up and played and did a nice job. Um, and uh, the, I, I think what was also of note was our, our special teams, uh, the, our kickoff coverage team. Is, man, they're lights out. They're playing so hard and so consistently, and, and we're, we're counting on their juice and their energy and all of that. We talked about it last night in the meeting, called them up and, you know, the, the whole thing and to, to challenge them to have a big game again and kind of set the tempo when they did. Um, and uh, it would be really wrong to, to not mention the, the – uh, the great heads-up play that Travis Homer made uh, on the kickoff uh, team there, kickoff return team, and uh, knocked one in the end zone just to have some fun and enjoy the heck out of the day. You mentioned Tyler, but for him to get going the way he did first half, just I know it kind of can be up and down which receivers have in the day, but good to see him get going like that. Yeah, and he made a lot of tough catches over the middle and stuff, you know, to keep the ball moving. Then he made some great plays down the sidelines. Um, I don't know. You guys saw better than I saw the, the touchdown was a touchdown, whether it was a touchdown or not. I don't know. They quickly decided that it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. But um, that's too bad because it wouldn't have been nice for him to get that one. Um, but it did lead to the uh, to the Gino leap, which was really kind of kind of poetic, you know, and, and all that. So uh, it was just a fun day, and I'm really glad that we got it. You know, it's going into the bye. Our guys deserved to have fun. We had a great locker room after the game, and and uh, we'll come back around to go. It looked like Gino made some tough throws. You know, he did. Yeah, he you know. did. He made some tough throws. We need to put a big touch on the ball, and the ball's on the sidelines to lock, and, and 
Uh, he, he was really, he was just so good today, and I'm so thrilled for him. It, you know, I, I was thinking about it late in this week that had had preseason worked out right, the plan was for Gino to play all three games in preseason and to play a lot, and I was going to play him as much as I could just to get him as much play time because he hasn't played. And remember, he gets knocked, uh, you know, in the, I think it was probably at the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter of the first game, so he misses all that, that those opportunities. So he plays these, he plays half this, or some of the Rams game, and then a full game, full game. That would have been the same thing it would have taken you know he the same kind of play time that we thought he would need for prep to get ready for the season knowing he was going to you know take a backseat to Russ and uh so you look at it you know he he did pretty well against the Rams got did some good stuff the next week and good stuff the next week but not enough and then this week he put it all together so I think it took him this long he hadn't played enough football he just hadn't played long in a long time so um unfortunately it was you know we had to lose some games in here in the meantime but it's obviously a team result, but just for him personally to get a win, I mean, how good do you feel? Yeah, yeah I think it's a huge, a huge accomplishment for him. As we, we've been saying that we, we need to play in support of Gino. He's coming out trying to figure out how to, how to get back to playing quarterback again, and we need to help him in every way. I thought the, the game plan was really good today for that. You saw us in the weather and all that last week. We were just concerned about making sure that we took care of the football. Our offense did not turn the ball over again, and that's incredible discipline by those guys. Um, when there's nobody doing that in the league, and, and uh, our guys just keep on doing it. So it's Gino's right in the center of all of that, you know. And so his decision making seemed to be very good today. Was that something in scheme, or was that just? Him getting um, I really think that, that last week was hard. It was a hard game, and uh, just all of it was a hard game. And, and he benefited from getting through that and, and just came in really chilled and, and, and calmed out, uh, calmed his way through all of it. Um, yeah, I thought you, if you think, you look at the throws that he made in this game, there were some really good touch balls that he threw. Gino is a, is a strong-arm guy. He, he fires the football hard a lot of times, but he picked the right opportunities to take something off the ball. He gets to make him catchable for the guys, and, and the guys came through in a big way. Um, he's got a groin pull of some, some sort, some kind of groin strain. Did he have come back in the game? No. What did you see on DK's first touchdown catch? I, I couldn't. I, I really couldn't see it. I, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to really. It, it looked pretty awesome from the, you know, the, the glance that I got, but I didn't get to see it. What, what do you mean about dropping so many of the coverage scenes work today and, and against the rookie Um... Well, I, you know, you know, we we pretty much did what we've been doing, Greg. We we, did, we haven't changed a whole lot. We we've we've been playing this way for a long time now, and and uh, mixing our stuff and, and doing a nice job of changing our coverages, disguising them well. We disguised a lot today. We're in and out of stuff, and we pressured, you know, from those looks as well, which we like doing. And and uh, I, I thought I thought we kind of we had him a little out of out of whack, but you know, for some of the time there, and he had a nice finish finishing drive. I guess you can give him credit for that. Gino hasn't won a game as a starter since the last game of the 2014 season. For Is that him right? To, to 2014? Where were we at 2014? Holy cow. That's a long haul. But, um, yeah, well, that, that's my point. My point is that he hasn't played, you know. Uh, go ahead, ask your question. Yeah, I was just going to say for him to ultimately get one on his belt after all this time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, a great, it's a great day for G. And, and uh, he just deserves it. You know, he's been such a great Seahawk and all of that. And, and um, really, he, he played he played his way to this game. It, this, it, nobody gave him nothing. He earned this thing today by playing great football. Um, he was really active. He had got he had a couple of great rushes when you know moved the quarterback and all that. Didn't get a sack, but uh, I thought he had some terrific rushes today, and I thought he was a big factor. We could hear the music bumping and how excited that locker room was after a win like this. What does it do for morale just heading into the bye week after such an up and down season to 
Yeah, well, we have a lot higher expectations than, you know, where we are right now. Um, and like I, I think I might have said to you guys, that being undefeated as the buy is always the way you should you know, set your expectations. But um, we've been so close for so long, you know, and, and, and uh, I mean, we're just one play from having it like that, you know, and, and, uh, and then, so everybody had fun. This was not like the craziest locker room we've ever had, but it was really fun. It was really good. And, and uh, they knew that they got a, a little boost out of the deal by getting Monday off too. So um, tomorrow and, and uh, so I kind of stoked the fires a little bit, with them, you know, so we, so we had fun and it was good. What do you think of the way Ethan Posa played? I, I can't tell you. I don't know. I'm really excited to watch the film. I'm really anxious to see how he did. And uh, also to, to watch Trey as a starter today, too, you know, and see how he did. With his pick today, Quandre Diggs became the first player in the NFL the last five years to have three or more interceptions. What does that say? Really good for him. Good for him. He's got a whole half a season coming up, too. So, uh, yeah, he's a fantastic football player, and he's a terrific teammate. God, I mean, he's just such a stud of a teammate. Um, there's some guys that when they say stuff, everybody listens. He's one of those guys. And people respect him because of who he is and how he does what he does and how he does, works his business and all. And so for him to have success like that is great. He deserves every bit of it, and he's a fantastic player. He had a couple of great hits today, tackles today, too, along there, with it. Are there guys who kind of just have a knack for that? I feel like a lot of his picks are like, oh, that looked easy, but he always seems to be in the right spot for it. Absolutely. Yeah, there are guys that have been there before, and when the, when the opportunity arises, they just totally cash in. And there's other guys that it's hard. You know, they, 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 they're not accustomed to it, and so they sometimes they tense up or they're not sure how to handle it or make the decisions. I've always thought this, there's guys that are interceptors. You know, they're, they're guys that just do it, and they know how to get it done. He's truly one of those guys. He specifically has worked for the secondary as you guys have kind of made this turn over the last month or so. Um, well, I would I would think that moving DJ back to the right side was a, was a really good thing that happened. He, he plays better over there for whatever reason. Um, that was part of it. And then I think that the play on the left side has just elevated. You know, I mean, the combination of uh, the, the two corners play has really elevated. Quandre and and, uh, and Jamal have been playing and, and they've been busting their, their you know all of this time. I don't think that they've improved that much more, but I think we're fitted together better. As well as remember, one of you guys brought up a while back. Um, about Ryan Neal. Ryan Neal's played a lot more, and uh, um, he's been a factor. I think he's been a factor on, for sure, for sure, on third downs. And uh, um, he's he's a playmaker, and he's really active out there. And, and, and plus, he you know he can match up with a lot of different guys and all that, that helps us. So I think all of those things together have been you know what's made us improve. And and I think we've we've zeroed in on what's best for us too. That's that's the biggest thing that we've done. And how how much has the communication improved since you've moved? You know the the cornerbacks here? Um, I don't think that was the issue. You know, I just think we just need to play together and, and get out there and, and, and all that. Um, you know, somebody brought up that we had problems with communication, but I'm not here anymore, you know. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't feel like that's ever been an issue. Um, but uh, so I don't know that, that we're that much better at it. But I think just in general, the guys feel they're feeling one another and are playing off of one another better than we have. And that's all part of the chemistry that comes together when you play well. And we're getting there. You know, we're getting there. And, and uh, Jordan Brooks continues to play really well. And be, he's a big factor for us, you know, in and, and a lot of different things that he does. Uh, Bobby's continued to just keep – he knocked out 14 tackles again today, you know, another huge day. Those guys are really fitting together well. And that's part of the improvement. We haven't mentioned much about that. But Jordan is really good. He's a really good player. And, and uh, he's way more comfortable now. You just think he's got all these games under his belt. He's, he's, he's much more comfortable, and he's doing things well more consistently. So the familiarity has improved as opposed to the communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, yeah. Yeah. We're, 
just better. We're just better at everything, you know, and, and we're clearer, and the, the communications are probably more precise and more accurate and more, you know, on point, and so it just helps everybody. Uh, the, the, the fluidity of it, you know, fits in much more obviously. So. Homer's returned. How much is that? How much is he coached to do that versus him just doing that on his own? Homer, Travis Homer, returning the kickoff. Well, you know, it actually popped up on the on our Saturday walkthrough. Um, see, Brian Cushing uh, at scored against the, uh, the Rainbows in in, uh, uh, in Hawaii a few years back in our SC days. And in practice yesterday, um, we kicked one. Homer picked it up, and, and I, I was telling some guys, hey, you know, this happened before. Brian Cushing did this years ago. I was just having fun with it. And sure enough, there it goes. Bang. So you never know. Are you, do you have anything on the severity of the DJ's groin? No. No, I don't. Any other reason? No. How disappointed were guys on defense for to have them score late when you're close to a shutout. Say it again? I, just how disappointed were the guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were, yeah, yeah, we were just a couple snaps away from being out of there. Um, it would have been really fun to get get the shutout, but they're hard, they're hard to get. Was today on a whole, was today reassuring that you can get back to this or is that the Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I've been feeling, I've been seeing it and feeling it for the, a, a month now, but we just haven't been able to cash in and, and, and get it done. We have so many good numbers that are supporting good play. You know, our penalties are down. Uh, we're taking care of the football. We're staying in the plus on, on, on the turnover stuff. Our kicking game is really solid. You know, all of that, you know. And so it, it's hard to get all those elements. Check out the DVOA numbers and see where we are. We're, we're way higher than you would think we are for the, the record that we have. And that's that's because we're doing a lot of things well. And then it, it just hasn't, for whatever reason, you know, Translated into in getting these wins in the close ball game. So, and and honestly, I know I want to go dwelling on this one, but we've missed Russ too. You know, we've missed him in, the, in this three week span, you know, and uh, it's he's a pretty good player, you know. So, um, I, I don't don't know any updates right now, but um, um, his finger looks way better. It's 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 really healed tremendously, and so he's he's in you know he's getting closer. We'll see what happens. Does he stay with the team more than he would a normal buy, or what's the plan? No. No, um, he, he's 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 kind of kind of got a vagabond following. <laughs> they all travel together, you know. So he's got all these people going with him. Vagabond? Oh, that's not the right word. That's not the right word. Anything else? Give me. All right, that was Pete Carroll, man. He's in good spirits. I'm glad he is. You should be when you win 31 to seven. Coming up next, we have DK at the podium right now. Six for 43, two touchdowns. Glad we got one under our belt. Hey, DK, what was it like getting the better of uh, your former teammate and Shaq Griffin? Uh, I don't think it was the better. Um, you know, I got the better of him. It was just a good battle out there. Um, I had two opportunities to score, and, uh, you know, the ball just landed in my hands. But uh, it was always great to go up against Shaq and, you know, a former teammate. Is that a koala bear reference? A little A.B. reference. Okay. Yeah. Did you know he got penalized for that? I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> but it won't happen I again. <laughs> yeah, now I do. It won't happen again. How good was Gino today? First half. Right. Uh, I mean, Gino's been great, uh, you know, throughout this whole span while Russ has been gone. But, uh, you know, just for him to get his first win, uh, you know, it's great. It speaks volumes, you know, about his character and about how he carries himself throughout the whole week. Do you expect Shaq to shadow you as much as he did? Was that oh, yes, sir. He's one of the best corners in the league, so, you know, I, I would expect him, uh, you know, to shadow either me or Tyler. Pete says that one of the things that's sort of been a conversation these past few weeks is get these wins for, G for Gino, support Gino as he tries to figure this whole thing out. How has that been a rallying cry in this locker room to keep fighting after some 
frustrating and, and disappointing uh, losses? Right. Uh, you know, this is the NFL. Everybody's good. Everybody has good teams, good players. So, you know, just for Gino to come in here while Russ is going and just get his, uh, you know, get his feet wet. Um, you know, just get a first, his first win because, uh, you know, we're all used to rest. But, you know, just gathering around Gino, just supporting him through practice, through, you know, if he makes a bad play or, you know, we drop a ball, it's all about, you know, coming back together, just sticking together throughout this adverse time. You just talked about how much the guys in the locker room respect Quandre for a multitude of reasons. Why, why, do, why do you and some other guys just have such a high respect for him? Um, I mean, he can talk, he can talk uh, smack. Um, you know, he comes to work every day. He's going to hit. And he's going, you know, track the ball and catch interceptions. He's just a great football player. Uh, you know, a lot of people respect uh, great football players. You and Tyler, it seems like maybe from week to week, depending on what a defense are doing or different things, you or Tyler might have the bigger game. Just for him to see him have that big game like that, how good was that after maybe a couple quiet weeks for him? Well, I mean, it felt great, especially just for him to, you know, just get the ball and, uh, you know, just capitalize on his opportunities. I think I saw he had 13 targets and, you know, he caught – 12 of them. So, I mean, it just speaks volumes of, you know, the type of work ethic he has. You take us through the first touchdown catch. I think a lot of receivers your size might just tell their quarterback, throw it up. Right. Um, you know, I've been there for a while, and that was the first time, you know, probably got a, a pass like that. And, you know, it just felt great just to come down with it. Uh, you know, it starts with trust, um, and that was displayed out there. So that was a, what do you mean, the first time you got a, what do you mean? Uh, you like, like, you know, I'm, I'm a big receiver, so, you know, it was just like, throw it up and let me go get it. How's your foot feeling? Pete said that you would benefit from getting some rest on the bye. How's your foot doing? My foot's good. Did you realize Gino completed 14 in a row there and start the game? I didn't until the end of the game, and you know, that's amazing. Uh, a friend would just dial it up, short passes, long passes, and he was in the zone. How comforting is it just, or tough for defenses to cover you and Tyler, you know, and what does that do when you guys go into a game knowing you can do that dynamic duo thing? Right. I mean, like I said, man, everybody's good in the league, but, you know, we got two good receivers, you know, along with Freddie Swain, Penny Hart, whenever we need a blow. So uh, I believe we're stacked at receivers, stacked at the skill position with, uh, you know, Gerald and Diss. So it's going to be hard to guard us, uh, you know, especially when Russ gets back. How did you react to learning you got fined after the Saints game? Uh, I, I got called on it two days ago, um, and I didn't do nothing. So I'm, I'm waiting for my phone call with the lead. Yeah. Any other questions? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was DK Metcalf had two touchdown catches. Today's crucial catch game is presented by Virginia Mason Franciscan Health. Let us help you intercept cancer by getting screened. Visit seahawks.com slash crucial catch to learn more. Okay, when we return, we'll get more analysis and players at the podium, plus interviews from Jim Mueller. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks get it done today against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 31-7. to And now Jamal Adams is at the podium. Let's hear from him. Thick and thin. And, um, you know, obviously I was a kid. I was once a kid. Uh, I once had a dream. I dreamed big. Um, obviously I made my dream come true. So I just, you know, I hope to inspire kids in the, in the stands. And, and hopefully one day they're doing the same thing I'm doing. That's what that's about. Did you say anything to anyone in particular? Or just... uh, I didn't really get to exchange words. Um, you know, there's so many people, you know, trying to grab and, you know, call my name and whatnot, but I uh, just wanted to, you know, just show love and just hopefully to inspire. That's what I love to do. I love to inspire uh, those around me, um, especially kids, uh, because again, I was once inspired um, and it took me a long way. What did you learn about your teammates during the losing streak? 
uh, learned a lot. Um, uh, learned how they, uh, you know, that, how they bounce back. Um, I learned how they how they tie their shoes. Um, I learned how they how they put their helmet on, uniform, a little bit of everything, man. You know what I mean? Uh, at the end of the day, uh, we know who we are. You know what I mean? We 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 know exactly who we are as a team. Um, when we when we put it all together, um, and we go out go out there and execute, uh, we're we're a pretty good team. Jamal, what were some of the, the little things you started seeing the last couple of weeks that made you think that the defense was starting to find it and, and get to this point where you had a performance like this today? Yeah, again, it's just about executing. You know what I mean? Everybody in the in the league runs the same um, defensive calls uh, in different ways. Uh, everybody runs cover two. Everybody runs cover three. Man, whatever it is, invert. Um, you know, it's just about executing at a high level and everybody doing their job. Um, and then just the special players making the special plays. You know what I mean? Uh, hats off to Diggs. Diggs is doing his thing. It's no shocker to me. Uh, he's been doing that for a long time. He's been under the radar. Uh, he's finally getting his love that he deserves. Uh, so I'm happy for him. But it's just the special players that's going out there and shining and, and, and making things come true. It seems like the pass defense has really taken off the last few weeks since Trey Brown has gotten in the lineup. How has he impacted that secondary here the last three games? Well, Trey's doing a phenomenal job as a rookie. You know, coming in, coming in, uh, he's very mature uh, for his age and, and you know his football IQ. Um, he's only he's only getting better. Um, I'm I'm excited for him. Um, we we stay we're really hard on him. You know, we push him to limits and uh, we just we just. You know, for, for us in the, in the back end, we want them to be great. You know, that's what we preach in our room is, is greatness. Um, and just doing the little things right at all times. Uh, but he's going to continue to learn. He's going to continue to make plays. Um, and just having him out there is, is definitely a bless. What does that mean, your heart on him? What does that look like? What does it look like? Yeah. Uh, um, you know, just making sure he's doing the little things at all times. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I can't give you that example right now, uh, but just making sure he's 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 honed into the details. Uh, he's he's communicating at a high level. He's under, understanding situational football. Um, that's what it's about. He's made some pretty big tackles out on the perimeter already in a few games, like today on the wide receiver screen out there to right. slip a slip a yep. block and make a play. For a guy that's he's not super big to be willing to go up and make make plays like that, what does that speak to you guys in the second? Well, you know, again, size doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter in all sports. Uh, it's about you know will and want to. It's about your mentality. Uh, when you step out, step out on the field, you you gotta you gotta realize that you're the, you're the baddest walking. You know what I mean? Um, that's gotta be the mindset. So when he goes out there, he knows um, what's at what's at hand. He knows his job and his opportunity. Um, and you know he's doing a phenomenal job. I'm happy for him. What kind of boost will it be for you guys if you get number three back uh, coming out of the box? I mean, shit, you tell me. I mean, damn. I mean, come on, man. You know, three is three. You know, he's he's that guy. Uh, but again, um, you know, I know what he's going through with that finger. Uh, I'm still going through it, obviously, but uh, I know exactly what he's going through. He's pushing. He's, he's doing everything he can to, you know, get back on the field uh, with us. But um, until then, we got to hold it down, man. What's that been like for you playing with the finger surgery, the shoulder surgery? What's that been like for you so far? Yeah, it's been tough, obviously. Uh, you know, but in, in, in life, there's a lot of tough things that you go through. You just got to figure it out. You know what I mean? Uh, no one really cares. No one really gives a damn about my finger, you know. Uh, so at the end of the day, I got to figure it out. Um, so I'm out there battling each and every day. Did you talk to Russ about that when he suffered an injury? Yeah, I, yeah. I just kind of like scratched my head like this, like, damn.
I know what he's going through. You know what I mean? I, pain in the finger. Yeah, it's tough, man. You know, you don't, you don't, you think, uh, you know, you, you kind of take your fingers and your, you know, little movements uh, for granted at times. And, uh, you know, it, it's taught me a lot. Uh, so I know exactly what he's going through. Uh, but he's mentally, he's he's on another level. Um, he, he's he's doing he's doing a phenomenal job and can't wait to get him back out there. Having experienced that injury before, mm -hmm. how do you think that impacts him coming back, trying to hold a football? Obviously, different job responsibilities than what you have. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really uh, know as far as you know how it's going to affect him. Everybody it affects everybody in different ways, but uh, I think he's going to be fine. You know what I mean? Uh, he can grip the ball and uh, you know shoot that moon ball out just like he always does. Um, when he gets back, I, I just can't wait to see the see the show and witness it. So, looking forward to it. Did you have the same kind of pen that, that he has? So he tore the the mullet. So he's on top of his on top of his finger, right? I tore the the middle part, so my finger looks like that. So um, I can't bend my finger, so he can bend this this top part portion. Um, so you know, again, at the end of the day, man, I'm a savage, bro. I do this, you know. So I figured out. He'll be back. Got some plans for the back? Yeah, I'm going to France. Bonjour. Did I say that right? Bonjour. 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 There you go. Why France? Say it again. Why France? Oh, man, I just want to go out there, uh, kick back, look at some uh, nice stores, get some uh, great food, you know, sip some wine. Um, what you think? I just think that's not a common NFL bye week. You don't think so? I'm curious, yeah. Oh, man, it's bro. more sophisticated now. Uh, I mean, you know, sometimes, you you know, you want to do what you want to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Au <laughs> revoir. <laughs> Bonjour. Au revoir. By the way, I'm not going to France, man. I'm going that was Jamal Adams. France would have been a long trip for a bye. That would have been a long trip. But Jamal Adams, man, had a good day, 10 tackles, and he was around the quarterback. He played efficient. I think that's the word of the day. It's efficient. Um, and this defense needed an efficient day. This offense needed an efficient day just to start believing in the process again because sometimes you, you start losing, you start second-guessing your coaching, yourself, your teammates. I don't care who you play. When you put up 31 points and hold a team to seven, something happens to the mental. Yeah, I, I was hoping we would get our first shutout in a while. I mean, it's hard to do in the NFL. We, we made the Jags, who, you know, they're, they're a struggling team too, but the, we made them look bad, like they are a bad football team, but we made them look bad. Um, a big difference. Look, we just saw New Orleans beat Tampa Bay with their third-string quarterback. In this league, we said, it's hard. It's a tough league to win every single week, and sometimes it's pretty simple. Just make the simple plays, and today they did that. You know, they caught the ball really well. I mean, Geno executed the game plan, particularly the first half. I mean, 14 for 15, the first 14. We ran the ball well at the beginning. And, mm -hmm. again, this is why I sometimes hate st stats. <laughs> we, you know, we talked at the beginning, right, Ray? Right. You know, sometimes forget the stat. Just co-compete to win. Right. And we did a really good job running the football. To me, it opened up the pass. And then all of a sudden we started doing some other things with the bubble screens, and we started isolating DK. And now they said, okay, wait a minute, we got DK. And then all of a sudden you got Tyler Lockett, who had 12 catches for over 140 yards. Uh, you know, it was a beautiful first half, and we had a big lead. And then all of a sudden you look at the statistics, and you go, oh, we didn't run the ball very well. Oh, we only had 229 yards. I don't care. 
We played we played well, and we played really good special teams and field position. This is the first time I can remember where they were really struggling. They backed up, having to go 90 yards. Talking about the Jags, and we had pretty good field position throughout the day, and it makes it so much easier when you see that kind of field for the quarterback. So, great job. They deserve a bye week. And if, and by the way, Jamal, if he wants to go to Paris, which he's not. He, he can afford a private plane. It would be a nice <laughs> ride to, to Paris tonight. <laughs> so that's yeah, a, yeah I, w- I would say, too, like, uh, you know, we didn't get hits on Trevor Lawrence like you thought you might, but they ran him out of the pocket a lot. Yep. Like, and there were, it was different guys doing it, you know. So they did do a good job of just kind of disrupting the flow of their passing game. And uh, and then, you know, like we were talking at halftime, like it it was they only had 99 yards at the half, you know. So, so you could have – you pick apart the first half if you want, but they did some good things on defense. And then offensively, I just felt like, the, especially in the first half, it's the most connected the offense has felt in, like, over a year. I mean, just the way the, the running game was complementing the passing game, the passing game complementing the running game, the protection was good for the most part, getting the ball out, giving, getting the ball uh, in the hands of the guys that are the playmakers. Uh, haven't seen that kind of, of rhythm with this offense in a long time, so it was really good to see. Yeah, I thought – defensively, like I mentioned earlier, we were just really under control. You know, we only had five penalties in this game, 40 yards. You know, in other games, what what are we seeing? We're seeing these uh, unsportsmanlike conduct and, and things that are just out of control that, that, you know, that we can control that we just haven't in previous games that have really hurt us, right? And you didn't see a lot of, of, of situations where we hurt ourselves in this game in particular, especially on defense. I think the one touchdown that they scored at the end was, you know, one of the rare miscommunications that we had, right? You saw Jamal and Jordan Burst kind of talking to each other like, yo, you know, what was going on right there? And so, you know, I, I thought we were un- uh, under control, you know, which resulted in us playing disciplined football really on both sides of the ball. And that's what resulted ultimately in the win for us today. And ju- just to throw the, the field possession again, I thought our kickoff coverage was fantastic. We got him inside the 20 a couple times. Um our starting position today was at the 34. Theirs was at the 22. That is a huge difference, particularly when you look at the number of drives, 10 to an 11. I mean, that's, that's a big number. If we can do that more, you know, not having to start from our own 20 or 10-yard line, you know, I think we can we can have a lot of success. Speaking of special teams, unsung hero Nick Ballore didn't make the tackle. We've got a block in the back. Why? Because he's hustling down the field, making these guys have to block him. Now's your chance to work some of the world's most premier sports and entertainment events. Lumenfield is currently hiring over 500 new employees for event and game day positions with way just starting at 21 per hour. Come be a part of the energy and excitement of game day at Lumenfield. Apply today at lumenfield.com slash employment. Okay, when we return, we will hear from the QB, Geno Smith, at the podium right here on the Seahawks Radio Network. Two tight ends on the right side. Geno Smith diving over with the ball. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. On the quarterback sneak, Geno, who's a big guy anyway. It's 6'3", almost 6'4", jumps in the air, dives over the top of his center, reaches out with the ball, and he scores the Seahawks on top first, 6-0. The Geno leap. Geno was 20 of 24, 195 yards and two touchdowns. Let's pause 10 seconds and give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo Cairo radio. Conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. Now, we've heard from Pete Carroll, D.K. Metcalf, and Jamal Adams, and they all said they had to make plays for Geno today. 
and I think they did that. Geno made some plays himself. There were some touch footballs down the sideline going across the field. He was efficient, but these guys still had to make, make the plays. They made the plays with tight coverage. Last week, we didn't see that. Um, I felt like uh, there was a couple plays that got away. There was a sense of urgency, but a sense of calmness in this offense once they got going, Moyer. Yeah, I, look, he completed the easy ones, but then he completed the high-difficulty ones. You know, those two to Tyler Lockett were – those are hard throws. I mean, when the ball – they're running away from you. On, the guy was on coverage. I mean, he put it in perfect spot both times. He didn't have to slow down and, and, and do much with his hands there. So, look, Geno played – he played a great game, but it, it, it doesn't take one. We all, They all have to play well, and I thought we did. I thought our playmakers stepped up. I thought DK had a great game. I thought Tyler had a great game. I thought the offensive line, again, the first half played exceptionally well. I thought Jamal was in it. You know, Again, a bunch of guys. Trey Brown, I'm excited to see the film on him, too. I think he looked, he looked pretty good also. So a lot of the young guys that you need to step up are starting to step up. Yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, we talked about in the pregame our playmakers making plays, and I think one of the other things, too, we have to give our receivers uh, a lot of credit for winning, you know, on these routes. You know, and a lot of these catches that we saw weren't just in zone coverage, right? These are man-to-man coverage. You have to be able to win uh, against NFL DBs, which is not an easy thing to do, and they were able to do that consistently, uh, which really helped Geno uh, get going. I mean, it, it seemed like every time he was looking for somebody, he completed it. 13 targets to Tyler Lockett. 12 catches, you know, six for six with DK Metcalf, one for two with Gerald Everett, you know, and the list goes on. And so very efficient game. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited about the way that they put Geno in position to be successful. Big Ray, what would you see out of this offensive line? We knew Damian Lewis was going to be healthy. He's going to be in there. You had Fuller and Posick rotating at that center. Just thoughts on that online. Yeah, you know, like we said, in the in the first half, I thought they came out and, and like, really got some movement on the defensive line uh, for the, for the run game. And then they were doing a really good job in uh, pass protection. You know, the second half, I think some of the running backs may have missed a little bit on, on some of the, the holes and things. Uh, but uh, but they could have even had a, you know, a, a really good uh, running game to end the, end the game. But the thing I liked about uh, the offense and the team in general is that I think they, they kept the game in perspective, right? They didn't think that this was like, you know, I don't know if this is a make-or-break season or they played in desperation or anything like that. But I think they felt like this is a game they should win. Everyone came and played that way. That's how you stay focused. That's why you can have, like, efficiency and, and you can play with intensity and urgency because you're not playing with desperation. When you play out of desperation, then you, do, you try to do things that you can't do and you, in, the, in the spirit of trying to do more. You know, and you can't do more than you can possibly do. So I think today that they just played very um, focused and with urgency, and then they were able to do the things that they're capable of doing and winning this football game. Football is all about situations, right? You get familiar with situations, and I feel well. I know this game, this defense got a lot of practice on fourth down. I mean, the the Jacksonville Jaguars were backed up; they needed to make plays, so they got reps on fourth down. What did you see on fourth down, Moyer? How do you think this defense played? <laughs> well, I I just like us getting to fourth down. Yeah, it means you're winning on third down, and we won, you know, early and often on this. Um, we we did what we needed to do today. Don't give up the big play. That's when you play teams that aren't very good at that time. Don't give up good plays. And and if you have better players, you're you're going to end up winning the game. It is really interesting though to see what wins do to people's psyche and confidence. And you know, again, not to. Uh, harp on my two former quarterbacks that we all know well that they tweeted out what a great game plan this was 
We we had 229 yards of offense. <laughs> we won 31 to seven, and we were efficient. I mean, again, you can't always look at statistics. You know, it's this game's not that hard. It's a hard game to win, but it's not that hard when you really think about the easy stuff. You're a quarterback. Go back, throw it to the open guy. If you're open, catch the football. You know, right. protect the football defensively. Crowd the receivers. Make make them have to make the tough throw a lot. It's hard to do in this league over and over and over. Trevor hit a couple, but then when we had really tight coverage and put pressure on him, he, he struggled with it. So I, I thought it was a great game plan just because we won 31-7. to And I won the, the, the guessing game <laughs> to go up with five wins so far this year. Which is the most dominant anybody's ever more, been at the beginning more, of the year. More. No one cares more. I, I yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. I'm getting blown up hey, with all my hey, Perfect time to cut you off. Gino is stepping up to the podium. Uh, no, he's not lying, man. A couple times, I, DN called me today. I wasn't expecting that. You know, back in the day, I might have got away. So I told uh, I told Penny Hart, I'm like, man, I got to get back on the track this offseason, work on my speed again, because, uh, you know, I can't have that happen. Is he lying about your video game skills, too? That's definitely a lie. He's mad because I, I beat him all the time, so he gets he gets upset. But you know, short man complex. That's how that works. <laughs> what, <laughs> what does today mean? The win as a starter in the NFL against the Raiders, personally. You know, honestly, it just meant a lot for the team, for the fans. You know, I, it's not about me. I said that from the beginning. Um, you know, I'm out there just doing my job and you know trying to put us in the best position to win. So uh, you know, the fans were amazing today on Halloween. They came out. They were in full effect. Had the costumes on, and uh, it was great to get a win. I know it's not about you, but your teammates in the last today really they've told us that. They really wanted to support you and to rally around you as you try to figure it out and get this first win. What has it meant to you to feel their support since you became the starter here? You know, honestly, they've been supportive since the day I got here. You know, I, I said that the team embraced me, the city has embraced me, and uh, it's honestly refreshing. You know, it's really refreshing, man, just, you know, with the, the history I've had and, you know, having gone to, you know, two and three teams, uh, just to have somewhere to settle in and to, you know, really work and just get to know everybody. Uh, it's really refreshing. So, um, you know, just having teammates who are these guys are tremendous in this locker room, win, lose or draw. We stick together. Uh, we always play together. We always play to win. And, uh, you know, we got to win today. But just having those teammates like that, man, it just, you know, it makes you want to do the right thing and, and always try and get the win. In the moment, were you aware that you completed your first 14 passes? Uh, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. Uh, I mean, I, I always count. You know, I'm always counting in my head. Uh, that's just kind of how I play the game. I've always played like that. You know, I always count. You want to complete every single ball. You know, that's the reality. Coach calls a pass, and I'm, you know, I want to complete it badly. And some you got to throw away, you know, just because you're doing the right thing. But reality is, it's in my head. You know, even in practice, I'm counting. You know, trying to make sure that you know I'm, you know, completing the majority of my passes. So did you, you, did you by the end of the game, even without having to look, that you had completed 20? No, I don't. I don't have to look up. I, you know, I, I literally count in my head and I keep track of them. So when you're rolling out there, 14 for 14, and they just spent the week yelling at you for taking a sack in the field goal range. Are you thinking, well, here goes the streak, I got to throw it away? Are you doing that? No, not at all. Not at all. It's doing the right thing. You know, honestly, it's doing the right thing. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it away if it was, you know, 28 for 28 because that's what that's what it takes to win. So, you know, and that's something I need to improve on, you know, from last week. You know, took some sacks in some critical situations, and uh, I had to get the ball away. And so that was the emphasis this week is, you know, throwing the ball away if I you got in trouble. And, uh, you know, I was able to do that a few times. How different was this game plan compared to Monday night and the wind and rain and all that? 
You know, I think it was a lot different. It had to be. I mean, you know, people don't want to take account for the wind and rain, but, I mean, it was real out there. You know, you can't just go out there and try to, you know, fling the ball all over, all over the place. You know, that's not realistic. So today we had a great day, uh, you know, great, great weather day, and, you know, we were able to get our calls off early. Uh, we were able to be aggressive. Um, the pass to Tyler was beautiful. Great call by Shane. And, uh, you know, we were just aggressive at the beginning of the game, and we stayed on it and uh, pushed the tempo. And you could see how it really affected those guys. Seems like you really had a you really had a goal. Of the one you, uh, you had been stoned by uh, three running plays. The call. Did you make the call on the sneak, or how did the conversation go with you and Shane? Uh, yeah, that was the play call, and I was just signaling for us to go for it. You know, we had gotten down there. Uh, I think it was critical for us to get seven in that situation and not settle for three. And, uh, you know, when you put the ball, you know, in the quarterback's hands, you know, it's our job to get in the end zone. So I just felt like I could dive over and we was able to get that done. You and Tyler seemed to really have it going, especially in the first half. Just what, what was working so well with that connection? Uh, I think just the, the more repetition that we've gotten over the past three weeks, uh, I've gotten to learn how he runs routes and how he gets to certain spots. And so, just repetition. That was the main thing. It's just the repetition that we gotten. We we spent a ton of time after practice together, me and Tyler, uh, and, and it paid off really. Obviously, not too many guys like built like DK in the NFL. What were you thinking of the first touchdown pass there in the corner? Just wanted to give him a shot. Yeah, just give him a chance, man. Give that guy a chance. He he makes some amazing catches, amazing plays. I mean, he's phenomenal. Uh, great player. Going to be a great player for a long time. So, anytime you got a one on one with a guy like that, you just give him a chance. You expect Shaq to shout at him as much as he did. Yeah, of course. Uh, Shaq's a great corner, and uh, they rely on him to shut down number one receivers. He's been doing a great job all year, and uh, that's the matchup we've seen in practice for the last couple of years. So, um, you know, we knew that was going to happen. So, we, you know, we just had to make sure that we were aggressive. You met up with uh, Shaq at midfield after the game. Yeah, it's always good good vibes, man. Another Florida boy, man. Just, you know, always good vibes. And Shaq's a great player, like I said. Um, you know, he, out, he was battling out there. He was doing his thing, and, uh, you know, we just you know, got the best of him a few times. considering the rest that you had leading into your first start? Uh, I'm always, you know, the more you get reps, I mean, that's just the key to life is repetition. You know, the more you get reps and get familiar familiar with the guys that you're playing with, the better you're going to be um, if you work at it and you work hard. So I just felt like uh, overall just getting the reps with those guys and, you know, having Ethan in there and we got a ton of reps after practice as well, I think it paid off. You know, we just got to keep pressing forward. You know, it's one game, um, you know, not to downplay it. We're happy with the win, but, you know, we get a bye week, get a chance to rest up and, you know, get ready for the, you know, second half of the season. It's going to be big. You, you said it's not about you, but is there some validation, though, in being able to go out and play the way you did today and put up those kind of numbers? I mean, the words of the great Kevin Durant, man, you guys know who I am. And I show you guys every day, man. You see me throw the ball. I mean, I'm not trying to be arrogant or anything like that, but I've done it for a long time. And, uh, you know, you can pull up tape from 2014, me doing the same thing. So this reality is I know who I am. Um, you know, I'm never going to get too big or too high or too low on it. And, you know, I'm never going to listen to anyone else. You know, I have the loudest voice in my head. I know what I can do, and I just got to keep working. You know, speaking of 2014, it's your first win as a starter since the last game of that season. To go six years without getting a chance to get a W in the column for yourself, it's got to feel good to finally get that. God is good, man. God is good. He's kept me. He's kept me. He's kept. He's kept me, and he's gonna keep. You know, keep. You know, just keep me in his in his arms and his graces. And uh, as long as I do the right thing, you know, I think things are gonna be well. How was the communication with Ethan at center? Today? 
Uh, communication was awesome. You know, Ethan did a great job. Uh, I think with the tempo that we had, just, you know, being up tempo, he was calling out the mic. He was getting the guys lined up and really orchestrating things, and um, it was great. You know, Kyle's done a great job as well, and, and Kyle's been battling his butt off all season, even throughout the offseason. So I uh, want to give a lot of love to him as well because he's also a good player. But I think Ethan did a great job today. The throwback pass from Dallas to you to Lockett, is that a new wrinkle this week, or is that something Dust put on from Years ago, uh, I think uh, we Russ hit that maybe last year or two years ago with uh, with Chris. Chris threw it back to him. We hit that, but that's a that's a good play. Honestly, that's a play we've always had in the playbook, and you know Shane dialed it up at the right time, and it worked. Quandre was just talking about he's been on some bad teams before, teams that pre- they knew they weren't going to turn it around. Right. He's been on some bad teams too. How did you know this team though would be different? Like, what does that look like behind the scenes? I mean, you know. There's never a moral victory, you know, when you lose, but the reality is is the games that we've lost have all been one-possession games, and those are all good teams. I think all those teams won today. So the reality is is we've got to, you know, look at it with the glass-half-full mindset rather than the glass-half-empty mindset. And so we've got a long season ahead of us, and we can, we can get it done. We've got the guys in this locker room to get it done, and we all believe in each other, and, you know, to, to me that's all that matters. Anything else? Thanks, Thanks, Thanks Gina. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Y'all know who he is. Geno Smith, 20 of 24, two touchdowns. Our quarterback review was brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the NFL, and built right for the Seahawks. Seattle can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. When we return, we'll hear from Ryan Neal and Ethan Postick. They're standing by with Jen Mueller. Your Seahawks get it done 31 to 7. Lawrence takes the shotgun snap, hits his back foot. Now he's chased out of the pocket. Blitz was coming, still being chased. He hits hit and goes down. Far side, Ryan Neal chasing Trevor Lawrence down. And Trevor Lawrence kind of slow to get up and favoring his right leg as he was sort of twisted to the ground by Ryan Neal, who came up like a shot to make the play a loss of 11 yards to force a punt by Jacksonville. Ryan Neal got me excited. He's standing by with Jim Mueller right now. Tell you what, Trevor Lawrence knew you in the first quarter. He is not taken down very often. How did you get to him? I mean, first of all, I got to just thank the D-line and Bobby. I mean, they forced the pressure. Um, really, I didn't even get in there. It was just they had flushed him out, and I seen him coming out of the pocket and, you know, just ran out there and made a play on him, man. It was just a good opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my D-line. Shout out to Bobby for making it happen. We saw him test out his arm a little bit, but in general, it looked like anything that he got was kind of short yardage. Mm-hmm. What was the focus going in? I mean, the focus was just, you know, playing everything, you know, top down and just, you know, getting pressure on him and, He's young and he still he got some learning to do and uh, he's gonna be better for it. You know what I mean? You just you, when you see you know young quarterbacks you know play their game, it's they they got to get used to it. They got to learn. So we just you know sat back and just played top down and you know made plays on the ball. We'll let this truck go past here for just a second. It's a very active tunnel way down here. <laughs> for sure. I'm glad they don't got the beep, beep. That would have been all bad. (laughs) There you go. Okay, let's continue the conversation Mm -hmm. with this. The defense has made some strides in the last three to four weeks. Mm -hmm. Where have you seen the most progress, and what do you want to see coming out of the bye? I think the most progress I've seen is just chemistry. You know, guys understanding who they're playing with, who's playing where, and uh, communicating to certain people. Um, It's just really a chemistry thing. You know, we just all had to come together, gel together, find out what we're good at, what's our strengths. Uh, what, we, what would we like to do, you know, stuff like that. And uh, the coaches that responded very well to it. And they just allowing the chemistry to happen. And so uh, it's always good. Shout out to Cody Barton, you know, one of my favorite teammates. 
anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it was just uh, the chemistry thing, man, just finding out a way to put it all together. Quandre Diggs, his third interception of the year. Uh, I mean, I, I think that that ball was his from the time that oh, it yeah. left Trevor's oh, hands, yeah. but still the impact that he's had back there and, and the ability to, mm -hmm. to get that turnover. Man, I, uh, Quandre Diggs, I mean, you can't say enough about him. Um, the complete player, the complete safety, the best free safety in the league that I've seen. No one hits like him. No one go get the ball like him, and, and no one – uh, commands the defense like him and when you get to play with a guy like that, you know I'm, I'm thankful that I get to sit in the meeting room next to him always picking his brain always learning from him. he always you know looking out for me and Making sure I'm on my stuff too, so you know you can always just be grateful and shout out to Rob too. But yeah, <laughs> it is definitely happy down here and bump. I'm gonna mm -hmm. get it back to you with this Quandre Diggs, the only person in the NFL with three interceptions in each of the last five years. Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that just that defines Quandre Diggs as a guy who's been underrated this entire time, um, and finally getting the shine he deserves, finally getting the love he deserves. And I mean, like I said, it's week in, week out, consistent. I mean, cut the film on. You know, what I mean, if you cut the film on, it speaks for itself, and that's what I tell everybody. Best reset in the game right now. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. That's Ryan Neal had a sack today. That was Jordan Babino's key hawk and he did not disappoint man you need guys like ryan neal on your football team to be successful ethan posick uh got some burns today he's standing by with jim Mueller now gino started off on fire i think he was 14 to 14 and just looked like he was hitting everything what was so different about the way the offense was functioning uh you know i think we had a great week of practice and i think we had a, a great game plan going into it and uh at the end of the day, I think we were just having fun out there and just taking everything one play at a time. Being able to get the early lead and then hang on to it for the entire game, what does that do for confidence and maybe some of that pace and tempo? Yeah, I think uh, I think we just got to build off it and uh, continue to just, you know, we got to finish the game. And, uh, you know, I think we could have put up some more points. But, uh, you know, just learn from what we did wrong and get better. The points that you did put up, one of them, you get a double pass, DJ Dallas back to Gino to DK. Yeah. Is that exactly how it was drawn up? Pretty close from, from my knowledge. You know, I don't know anything about the routes and stuff, but I know the double pass, that's the thing. Um, so from my knowledge, yeah. The offensive line and you getting a chance to really start and get in there. Physically, how do you feel? And then mentally, how gratifying is it to be able to contribute? Yeah, just thankful, uh, you know, a lot of gratitude. Uh, you know, I trust in God's plan for me and, you know, whatever it is and just take things one day at a time. What did Pete say after the game and heading into the bye? You know, Pete, Coach uh, Carroll was fired up and, uh, you know, he was just excited about the game just like we all were. Lastly, the play of uh, Travis Homer on that onside kick, you don't see that very often. What was the general reaction of the guys you were standing with? Well, we were all going crazy. We were super excited. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's a crazy play for Homer to make. In fact, it is the first uh, kickoff return for a touchdown since 2017. Bump, as we get that back to you. Thank you, Jen. That was Ethan Posick, man. Him and Fuller going at it at that center spot. Competition is good. The Seahawks understand voting is one of the best ways to make your voice heard. Change happens on the local level, and it is the most powerful tool you have in shaping the world you live in. We encourage you to make your voice heard on November 2nd. Find your local voting site 
on Seahawks.com slash vote. Okay, when we return, we will hear from Travis Homer. The guy had a return for a touchdown, first one since 2017, according to Jim Mueller. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Here we go, the onside kick again right, and kicks it right to Homer, who picks it up on the run, and he's all the way down to the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Seahawks! Travis Homer gets it right back. Urban Meyer might think twice before he practices onside kicks again. As Homer just picks that ball up, he was on the front line. It bounced right to him. He ran right between two defenders and outran the Jags to the end zone. And Seattle extends its lead to 30-7. to You're not supposed to take onside kicks to the house, but that's exactly what Travis Homer did. He's standing by with Jim Mueller now. Travis, you did something we have not seen here since 2017. At what point did you know... You had the lanes to get to the end zone on that kickoff. Uh, when they kicked it the first time, we called a timeout. I didn't think that they were going to turn around and kick it to me again. And so I just took it. I said, forget about it. I'm gone. Did you create that space, or was it the way that, that your the teammates they, were there? It's, it's the way that their kick team kind of like went around me. I think they were expecting me to just let it go past because they, they kicked like a slow ball. And in the past, like, I just let it go by. But like it was too slow. I, I had to get it. Even though that was icing on the cake when it comes to the score, for a special teams unit that has been looking for that score, what does that do? I think it just ignites us. You know, I feel like we've been so close on other returns. You know, DJ, he's been so close. And I think now that just emphasizes, like, our work more. And I, like, puts it in everyone's head if we can get seven points from, well, six points plus a kick. If we just block this up right, and you know, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take that pride in myself, and I'll make sure I block, I block that good. I know that felt good. It feels good to get the win, but to get the win for Gina, how did the team react in the locker room afterwards? You know, we're always excited when we get a win, but like I said, we really just, we really just needed this. I feel like we've been hitting on all cylinders now, and uh, we just gotta keep it going. Lastly, I know that you go in for the bye, but what can the offense do to build on this when we come back in a couple weeks? Uh, you know, we just had some plays out there that we missed, and, you know, it's just take a, take a step back, look at those, fix it, nothing too serious. It's just fix those plays that we could have done better on and, you know, just have faith in each other and love each other and, have, and just go out there and have fun. All right, Travis, you go enjoy the bye week. Michael Bumpus will get that back to you. Thank you, Jen. I saw Travis Homer limp off the field at one point during the game, was concerned if he was going to come back. He does come back, gets an onside kick, takes it to the house. Those are the type of plays you need to put teams away, Turbo. Yeah, man, and Travis is a tough player. You know, I remember when I had an opportunity to come back and play for Seattle in 19. We were playing against the 49ers, actually, the Week 17 game, man, and he got hit in the ribs pretty, pretty hard. He thought maybe he, you know, had a broken rib or something like that, and uh, there was some conversation of him sitting out the rest of the game, man. But he went out there, man, and finished the game. He had a really good game that night, man. And, you know, it, 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 it's it's pretty inspiring to see that. And the other thing that's interesting with Travis is he's not the biggest back on the team, but he's often in there. Really, he's always in there for pass protection on third down. I mean, he's the yeah. key guy that they choose to block these blitzing linebackers and safeties and things like And that's hard to do you have one aspect of it where you have to recognize what's going on recognize what the defense is doing where the blitz is coming from and then actually execute you know blocking the defender and so for homer with his size to be able to do that and do that on i mean he hasn't given up a sack 
all season long that he's been there in pass protection, right? So for him to be able to go in there and do that and do that on a consistent basis not only shows his intelligence and IQ for the game, but also his physicality and toughness. Yeah, pass pro is something that running backs struggle with. If they're going to struggle with anything, it's pass pro, right? Because you have to communicate. you got to identify the mic, identify this guy. If the offensive lineman goes off of his assignment, picks up your guy, you have to adjust. So the fact that they're throwing Travis Homer in yeah. there says a lot about and, the trust they have for him. And, uh, and just real quick, and what he's showing you, too, is that he's a, he's a complete football player. You know, he, he explained what he saw on that, on that touchdown on the kickoff return, right? He said, well, they kicked it to me the first time before they called a timeout or whatever it was, right? And then he, and he recognized how they were defending him on an onside kick. He said, well, if they if – so in his mind, he's like, well, if they do that to me again, I'm going to be able to split these defenders and potentially take it to the house. And he said, Shh, I just took it and I, and I, and I, and I went with it. <laughs> I went say? for it. Yeah, he said, I just took it and I went for it, right? That gave me the win. I, I was happy he did that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Just happy when he – I go, come on, don't run out of bounds. I just need one more score. One more. Oh, Moyer, Moyer was sitting down for five minutes. He got up just to remind us that he won this oh, game. Oh, man. And Turbo, like, Turbo just tossed it right over the plate for us. I too, know, man. man. Look, <laughs> I, I – if you're going to tee it up like that, I, I, I always hit it out. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Hey, when we return, we're going to hear from Carlos Dunlap. Your Seahawks get it done 31-7. to Seahawks improved to 3-5 and five by beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-7. Let's go down to Jim Miller. She's standing by with Carlos Dunlap. Knowing that Trevor Lawrence is a rookie, but that Jacksonville had been gaining some momentum in the last few weeks, what was the focus coming in? Uh, contain him. We know they want to get him going as a young player, quick throws, and running with his feet. You got to a couple of those passes. You knocked him down. Was mm -hmm. that just all you making that happen, or did you read something different? Uh, well, I mean, kind of diagnosing the plays, knowing the situations, you know, got some experience doing that. But Big Al got one uh, today, and he got one last week too, so his awareness is up there too. The fact that the defense almost pitched a shutout, what does this mm -hmm. say about the, the corner that you guys have turned and where you've improved? Uh, we're really starting to put things together. Um, you know, we're just working constantly, trying to get better weekly. You know, third downs have been one of our strong suits, but we're trying to strengthen everything. We want to be a great overall defense. Um, today, you know, the rushers put a lot of heat on him, but he made a lot of plays with his feet. So, you know, something to always work on. I know you want to get to the quarterback, but Ryan Neal getting to the quarterback on that yeah. opening series, that yeah. kind of set the tone a bit. Yeah, seeing Ryan Neal get to the quarterback, man, that was exciting to see for him, too, because he's a guy who always stays ready whenever his number's called, no matter what. And on special teams, he's always one of the, the leaders of the team. And when we bring it up, you see him in the middle of the huddle. So I'm happy for him. Well, then if you talk about leaders of the team, Bobby Wagner goes over 1,300 tackles in his career today. Wow, that's amazing. Right? Like, Dang. the, the 1,300? impact that he makes. 1,300? Dang, I'm trying to get 100 sacks, and he got 1,300 tackles. That's perspective. <laughs> but yeah. that shows that there's a lot of talent here on this defense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Is the bye coming at a good time? Uh, well, yeah, it gives us a chance to reset, um, recalculate, because obviously the start of this season hasn't gone the way we wanted. Um, we have been underperforming, but today was a step in the right direction. And um, I think we, you know, put a little stamp on what we're going to work towards. Uh, but now we got to go out there and execute it. 
Here is what else Carlos has put a stamp on, guys. You cannot see him, but his outfit is on point. Oh, the yes, beret yes, 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 matches yes, yes. the shoes <laughs> and the European cut pants. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good look. look, look my, good. Uh, Feel good. Small, play good. Small business owner uh, costume. <laughs> <laughs> Go enjoy the bye week. Thank you. Y'all have a good one, too. That was Carlos Dunlap, full of personality. If you guys didn't see him, there was a play that could have been a safety, and he's doing the safety sign. It turns into a praise signal, and he's dancing in front of the referee. He brings a joy to this football team that I think you need. You need guys like Carlos Dunlap on your football team. Not having the greatest season, but he's still affecting this football team. He's still a leader out there, and he's still a guy who's always going to come to the podium and talk to Jen and just face the funk no matter what happens. Yeah, and he always has a good spirit when he comes to the podium, too. Win, lose, or draw, he's going to tell you exactly what he's thinking. I don't think he, like, sugarcoats things. He just kind of says, you ask him a question, he's going to give you the answer that he has. And the, the thing I think that he's probably good uh, for this team, even though he's, you know, he may not have the production that he had last year, it's just his wisdom, man. His, he's been in a lot of battles. This dude knows knows how to get to the quarterback. You can see him on the sideline working with Daryl Taylor and and Hyder and some of those other guys. So, like, yeah, you you may not get on the field what we got from him for the the limited time we had him last year. But I think behind the scenes, there's a lot of value that he brings to the table for some of those younger dudes. Yeah, and with veteran guys too, the thing is, is that you know, at any any point of the season, you know they can make a critical play. Uh, and, and, you know, having guys on your team like that is, you know, like, like Big Ray alluded to, you know, it, the production on the field may not be there, but the knowledge and wisdom is there. And so when you have young players who are developing, I mean, any kind of game that you can give them, I mean, it's helpful not, not only for them individually, but for the entire defense. And he mentioned, you know, we're just starting to come together on defense, you know, and I think that's a huge part of it as well and uh you know i, I want to see the outfit he was wearing because you know i you know I, I like to think of myself as pretty stylish you know when i want to be <laughs> so i want to see what kind of cut pants did he say he had on european or something like that nah. never even heard of it i'm uh, i'm i'm, I'm but, sweats and sweater guy you can have that, <laughs> nah, that, that probably means uh, <laughs> tight and high <laughs> <laughs> but he's definitely a decorated dude and, and, and one of the better leaders for this football team. yeah and no disrespect to him but he's played on losing teams so he can give these guys perspective and be like look Absolutely. we're not as bad as these other teams were okay when we return we will preview their next opponent the green bay packers that is next on the seahawks radio network shotgun formation play fake looks far side throws puts the ball up reaching up making a catch dk from 16 yards. Geno Smith is perfect here in this first half today. That was the call of the game. Our call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking. Call Beacon. Time to turn the page and look two weeks ahead at the Green Bay Packers. They are 7-1, first in the NFC North. Lost to the Saints to open up the season 38-3, but then they've gone on the run. They beat the Lions, the Niners, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Bears, the Washington football team, and as of late, the Arizona Cardinals on a last-second interception when the Cardinals were driving to win this football game, win that football game. I mean, what can you say about Green Bay? As long as they got Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be a tough team. He is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in this game. You might not like his personality. You might not like that he throws off his back foot. But no denying that he is one of the best to do this. These guys got to be ready to go. You take care of a team that you're supposed to beat, right? We came into this game thinking you're supposed to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're guaranteed they're going to be underdogs against the Green Bay Packers. And they're going to Green Bay. And it's 
tough as Aaron Rodgers is, uh, with no question he is. Um, and then it's you know Devonte Adams. You know more than likely we'll we'll see where, where that plays out too. Um, they got you know Aaron Jones. It's their defense. Their defense has had 20 sacks going into this week. Uh, I don't know what they did against uh, Arizona on that. They had nine interceptions, and you know, on on top of that. So um, when you go and look at statistically, defensively, they're seventh. Um, the one place that you know, if we're going to do the statistical game, which I'm going to right now, uh, um, the one area <laughs> that we can that, that they've shown to have some weaknesses, they're 30th in yards per attempt rushing the ball. Um, but they're going to get after. You. I mean, we can't get into third down situations that are long. You know, that's where turnovers and sacks come. It's going to be a tough game. I mean, we've never played well. Oh, I don't want to say never. Got to go back to Mike Holmgren probably in 1999 when we played him and beat him on a Monday night game where we went in and played really well in Green Bay. Tough game. I mean, we're going to have to get healthy in the next two weeks, and uh, we're going to have to play the game of our life to win it. Hawks have not won there since 1999. I was there. I was in seventh grade. Yeah. I was. <laughs> Elementary school. For I was me. I was doing I was doing this show. <laughs> Youngins. <laughs> what, what do they have to do to go down there and win, right? Well, I, I, all those things that Paul said, but then you know the the thing about their running backs, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, that you know both of them average you know four and a half yards a carry, and then Aaron Jones, you know, uh, you know has another two hundred and thirty-seven yards in the passing game, and they use them really well, kind of like a, uh, Alvin Kamara do. So it's gonna be it's gonna take a, a huge effort by the defense to really slow this offense down because that's that's the running game, not even you know counting what Aaron Rodgers brings to the table and if those Lazar and, and uh, Adams are back uh, from the COVID protocols and things like that. It's, it's a it's a it's going to be a tough tough offense to take down and and then defend uh you know offensively. I think it has to be real similar to what the game plan was today. Like you have to kind of take your shots, you know, when you, you take some body blows to build up to taking those big shots down the field and then have some type of efficient uh, running game so that you can kind of balance the things out so that they have to defend the entire field. I would still like to see the Seahawks use the tight ends more. Like it just, yes. I mean, today they did the dirty work. They uh, Some dirty work I didn't see them doing last week. They seemed more committed to run blocking and things like that. But, man, you got to start feeding them a little bit too. Like you got to you got to praise them a little bit for some of the blocking they're doing by, you know, you know, getting them some passes. Yeah, absolutely. Only two targets today, you know, and both went to uh, Gerald Everett. So, I, I, you know, I'm with you on that, Ray. But, listen, Aaron Rodgers is the ultimate <laughs> difference maker, man. It's like as long as you have him on your football team, you have a chance. And, you know, they're on this – they're on this winning streak uh, right now, which kind of works in our favor a little bit because it's almost like, you know, it, we have them almost right where we want them, right? It's like they're on their high horse, and it's the perfect opportunity to kind of knock them off of that. But, uh, you know, listen, Devontae, Ad, it'll be a great test for our team because offensively, obviously, you have Aaron Rodgers. I think Devontae Adams is – you know, you could argue he's the best receiver in the league. I think uh, he's second best, and he's been second best for a long time. I've always thought D. Hop was the best receiver uh, in the league for a long time, but he's certainly hard to guard, Devontae Adams. And it's like, you know, he's really their main guy, and, 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 and it's not like they have a a real complimentary number two guy, you know, that, that takes, you know, pressure off of Devontae Adams uh, it, the pressure's always on him, right? The attention is always on Devontae, and he finds ways to still be productive uh, and get off in terms of stats. And then, you know, defensively, they've been really good this year, and there may be some holes in the run game, but you can argue and say that maybe they upgraded with the acquisition of Jalen Smith from the Dallas Cowboys and Whitney Merciless uh, 
uh, who was a defensive end uh, for for 10 seasons over there in Houston, uh, who's been a really productive player. And so we're going to have our hands full in this game, and then obviously we're going to be on the road as well. And, I, you know, I think it's a great test for us. Maybe they'll overlook us. They got Kansas City before us, then they got Minnesota, and then they got the Rams. You know what I mean? So maybe they're looking at oh, Seattle, man. We'll just we got Kansas City, the Minnesota, and the, and then the Rams. Perfect. That's probably not going to happen. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we get number three back, right that after the bye week. Wait, you so real quick, who, who thinks he's going to be back? I do. I think so. Do you? Yeah. Yes, I, I do. Mr. Unlimited. I think, I, <laughs> Don't I'm, forget that. I'm thinking Arizona game. Think Arizona. I am hopeful. That would get him for Green Bay, but uh, that's we'll see. All right, well, you heard us, Russ. Hill up, baby. We need you. There you go. All right, today's final score is Seahawks 31, Jaguars 7. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. On-site engineers, Zach Davies. Studio coordinators, Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network, Nasa Chobie. The Seahawks have a bye next Sunday but are back in action on November 14th as they take on the Green Bay Packers. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 a.m. on the Seahawks radio network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hawk Talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks, get it done, 31-7 to over the Jaguars. Talk to you guys in two weeks. Welcome to Hawk Talk. The Seahawks get a W, 31-7. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. And we get to talk to the professor, John Clayton, man. This is a game that these guys needed. I don't care who it was against. It was efficient. And Gino let the league know, look, you still need a backup. You might need a starter for a couple weeks. I can get it done for you. Yeah, and, of course, I mean, I, obviously we're going against a very bad team. But how about the fact that the lack of respect that Seattle got? Because, I mean, you had national pundits out there saying that taking away Russell Wilson, Jacksonville is more talented than the Seahawks. Well, guess what? It was 31-7. to 7. How wrong are they? And even the odds makers uh, seem to be against the Seahawks, too. You know, because uh, you, know, you, you figure that in most teams that have a home game, they get a three-point advantage as far as uh, you know, the point differential and, and in their favor. And you can say with Seattle, with the crowd that they have, it could be as much as four or five. Well, they had the Seahawks as three-and-a-half-point favorites, which you, know, you figure, where's the respect here? I mean, this team is close to Jacksonville? Come on. I mean, right now, uh, the miles between Jacksonville and Seattle is the difference between the Seahawks and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, uh, hey, John, just stand on that same kind of train of thought. Like, what, what, how, does, how do the Seahawks keep this in perspective to make it a positive for them moving forward? And then what is it that they take away from this game that they need to have travel with them to Green Bay? Well, the one thing is that they needed a good game you know, from uh, you know, Geno Smith. And they got a good game from Geno Smith. He co- completed his first 14 passes. He went you know, 20 for 24 for 196 yards or 195 yards. And then on top of that, he, had, you know, he moved around well in the pocket. Now, again, he's not great throwing on the run, but they needed a game from Geno Smith. And he also needed to get the ball to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And the game kind of went in a way that I thought it would, is that you'd have Shaq Griffin match up against uh, DK Metcalf. And then uh, Tyler Lockett would take care of the other bad cornerbacks on that team. And that's exactly what he did with his 12 catches. And so it's like, you know, that's that's one of the keys. And I know, like uh, you guys said earlier, it's like it'd be nice if they can get them all more to the, the, the tight ends. But also when you only throw like, uh, you know, that few number of passes in a game, you know, 
24 passes, there's not a lot to go around because you got 20, and of course you got you know 12 going to uh, you know Metcalf gets his, and then you get the 12 going to Tyler Lockett, and so what they eventually need to do is to continue to find ways to make more plays so you can get the ball spread around a little bit more. I'm sorry, now you go. I say, John, you know, obviously the, the main goal is to win the game. The second one is no injuries going into a bye mm-hmm. week. How healthy are we? I mean, we got Eskridge, I mean, we got R- Russell, and it looks like we got out of this somewhat uh, unscathed. What, what are your thoughts going into the two weeks, how healthy we're going to yeah, be? Yeah, I think they're in good shape because, again, uh, the thought is is that uh, for whatever limited practice they're going to have this week, Eskridge is supposed to be out there. I think you can see they're around the corner right now with Brandon Shell. And really, when you look at the big picture, it's like what, uh, you know, other than the big injury they had to Marquise Blair, they were in good shape today. And that extra week now buys time for at least uh, Russell Wilson to see if he can come back. And that's obviously going to be the key because it is going to be tough, you know, with uh, Geno going to Green Bay. But again, if Russell's able to throw the ball well and do some things and compete against uh, Aaron Rodgers, then that could make for a very interesting game. Because again, it's still an important win for this team. But also, think about this too, because you think about the Green Bay game, but also throw in the next week game against Arizona. Because I don't know if you saw the story that came out today, but Jay Glazer reported that Kyler Murray with that ankle injury at the end of Thursday night game may have to miss one to three weeks. Well, guess what? If it's three weeks, then he's going to miss the the Seahawks game uh, and that could give a big advantage, along with the fact that Arizona lost J.J. Watt for mostly the rest of the season. Hey, John, despite this win coming against the Jaguars, uh, what can a win do? What can a win like this do for a team uh, moving forward? Get their confidence going more than anything else, because I think you can see that they've been shaken with the you know, three home losses and all the things that have gone wrong. You know, the up and down part of the offense, the up and down part of the defense. You know, I think that certainly there's got to be you know more confidence right now with the defense, because say what you want about uh, I mean the, the the Jaguars' defense is a joke. Okay, they're horrible. But uh, you you look at the offense and you got Trevor Lawrence. A decent offensive line, even though they're missing, uh, you know, two interior offensive linemen on injured reserve. You know, they've got, uh, you know, uh, Marvin Jones at wide receiver. Uh, they were fortunate that James Robinson got hurt early in the first quarter, and he couldn't finish the game because of an ankle injury. But still, the offense can do some things. And you know, it's I don't think it was as bad as say Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, getting hit 17 times about a week or two ago. But certainly, looking at Trevor Lawrence, the way he got hit today, it looked to me like a, a repeat of what we saw last year with Joe Burrow, who just got beat up. I mean, they just pounded, absolutely pounded uh, the quarterback today. And, uh, I mean, he took a lot of hits. He threw a lot of passes. He threw a lot of bad passes. And he made a whole bunch of mistakes. John, what does this team have to do to beat the Green Bay Packers in two weeks? Well, I mean, number one, they've got to be able to contain Aaron Rodgers. Uh, certainly, Devontae Adams should be back because he's not going to be on COVID-19 for two weeks. I don't, you don't think so, but uh, he should be back. And then also be able to stop their two running backs because, as you mentioned, A.J. Dillon does a good job. Jones does a good job. You know, they've got to be able to contain the running game so he doesn't have that balance. And then you know find a way to take advantage to beat the defense because even though it did a good job you know, of late, uh, it still has struggled most of the season because it doesn't seem to be as talented as it was last year. All right, John. Seahawks get it done 31-7. to 7. Got a big task coming up in a couple weeks. You take care. Talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. 
Okay, when we return, Mike Holmgren was inducted into the Ring of Honor. We will revisit a ceremony from halftime. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cowboy Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus hanging out with the fellas Paul Moore, Robert Turbin, Ray Roberts. Seahawks get it done 31-7. to And during halftime, the legend Mike Holmgren was inducted into the Ring of Honor. When he was with the Green Bay Packers, they didn't lose more than seven games. He helped Brett Favre be named to NFL MVP in three straight seasons. Overall, he was 185 and 122. He won two Super Bowls with the San Francisco 49ers, helped the Hawks reach a Super Bowl in 2005. The list goes on and on. It's an honor to interview. It was an honor to interview this guy in the pregame show. Here's a speech at halftime. Ladies and gentlemen, coach, teacher, family man, philanthropist, and future Pro Football Hall of Famer, now a member of the Seahawks Ring of Honor. Congratulations, Mike Holmgren. The podium is yours. This is unbelievable. Thank you, Twelves. Now, I'm not going to talk as long as Matt did on Monday night, so don't get nervous, okay? I want to thank you for this special honor. Be part of the names that are up on, in this stadium. It's a very, very special thing to me and Kathy. I would like to thank a number of people now, starting with the Allen family, the Seahawks organization, and all the people that work for the Seahawks organization to make it one of the great organizations in all of sports. Of course, I'd like to have make a special thanks to all my players. They worked so hard and did such a great job for us. It's really why I got in this business in the first place. They were unbelievable. Also, my coaches. We had great coaches, great coaching staff. Some of them, a lot of them are still coaching in the league, and I was very fortunate to work with those men. I thank God every day for my wonderful family. And there's three other little ones sitting right up there. This year, Kathy and I celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary, and I've been blessed to have a partner who's been a constant source of love and support to me during my career. I was involved with three stadiums, the King Dome, Husky Stadium, and Lumen Field. And it's because of you, this stadium is known as one of the toughest places for an opponent to play. You are amazing. <laughs> Lastly, this is our home. Our family, we live here, we love it here, and we do it because you guys have loved our family and taken such good care of us. So thank you for that very much. Lastly, lastly, you can be very proud of that Super Bowl flag in this stadium. But I want to emphasize and I want to repeat something I said a long time ago. There should be two. Thank you very much. Thank you, coach, and thank you to the entire Holmgren family. Twelves, let's hear it one more time for Seahawks Ring of Honor member, Coach Mike Holmgren. Man, Holmgren, I'm forever grateful to that man. I mean, I was only there for a cup of coffee and a nap. 
but I was there, and it was because of him I got an opportunity to play. Um, just a legend, man. You hear people describe Mike Holmgren. It's pretty consistent, right? Very disciplined, shoots you straight, demands a lot, but that's why his teams were successful because he took that approach, and that's why guys who have coached under him have been successful because they take that approach that he taught them. Yeah, he, he commanded a presence. I mean, if I, you know, there's two two coaches up there now, Coach Holmgren, Coach Chuck Knox. Chuck had the same presence when he walked in the room you were like oh man yeah you knew who who was the man was in charge and you know look it was two special weeks or back-to-back weeks you know with with matt uh, matthew hasselbeck matt hasselbeck going in that was a lot of fun and then you know mike holmgren you know you're putting that one on top too because he really you know chuck when he chuck Knox again who's up here to my right as i look uh, that doesn't mean much on radio but i'm just giving you an idea i mean he changed the culture the winning culture here i mean we didn't know how to win and then mike holmgren because we had such a dismal run he did the same thing and then we had a little lull and you know now we got pete carroll who'll be obviously the next coach up here so you know it's special to to honor those who have done so much for the organization and then who are good people. I mean, that's again, to me, ring of honor is more about just being a player. I mean, you got to give back to the community and all these guys have. I just want to say, man, I, I hope it wasn't napping too much there, uh, Mr. Bumpus, you know, meetings and everything like that. And then the other thing I want to say is I need a hype man like the one that Coach Holmgren had just had. That boy was hyped just now, wasn't he? Oh, the guy at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, where are yeah. you going with this one? I go, are you, you, so for your Ring of Honor speech, you want someone well, to hype you? Well, I'm probably not going to be in the Ring oh, of Honor, just but just, just in general, you know what I mean? When I come on the radio with something, <laughs> you know what I mean? I need something. But now I've heard, I've heard uh, uh, you know, obviously a bunch of great stuff about Mike, and I was just honored to just meet him and shake his hand, you know, today. And anytime you can – go to a new organization who hadn't been in the playoffs for a decade and take them to the playoffs in the first season. I mean, that is hard, especially at this level in this league, man. So uh, super, you know, super inspiring to be able to see what has transpired over the last couple of weeks with the Ring of Honor. And I, I got to clarify now that I wasn't napping in a meeting, Turbo. I meant I, uh, I was there for a nap, you know, like 30 minutes real quick. I was in, I was out of that thing. <laughs> and, by, and by the way, Coach Holmgren made a point that, hey, you deserved it. Yeah, you know. You I mean, it. I mean, they, they give you an opportunity, and you know, I'm grateful too for all the coach give you an opportunity. But at the end of the day, you had to go and perform. You, you know, it. you, you got to earn it. We all did. We all yeah. did. Okay, when we return, we will do some game highlights. Hawks get it done. All that's next on your home for the Seahawks, 17 ESPN Seattle on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. You hear the music. It's time to recap some of these highlights. The Hawks get it done 31-7. Let's go through it. In the first quarter, Geno caps off a 10-play, 80-yard drive with this leap over the offensive line on the one-yard line. They try to give it to Penny two or three times. Doesn't work. Geno takes it into his own hands. Two tight ends on the right side. Geno Smith diving over with the ball. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. On the quarterback sneak, Geno who's a big guy anyway, it's 6'3", almost 6'4", jumps in the air, dives over the top of his center, reaches out with the ball, and he scores the Seahawks on top first, 6-0. I know all the uh, go-for-it-on-fourth-down fans were excited about the Seahawks <laughs> today, uh, but it was really cool to see Geno get uh, get the touchdown the way he dove over it. It was a pretty cool picture. I'm sure someone has a really cool picture of him doing it, but that's the second or third time the Seahawks have actually gone for a quarterback sneak this year, too, which they had not done previous to this year. They were just not fans of the quarterback sneak, and so worked out for them this time, touchdown Seahawks. Good for Geno. That makes the score 7-0 to in the second quarter. 
Quandre Diggs becomes the only player in the NFL to record at least three interceptions the last five seasons with this pick off of Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence drops back, looks, cocks his arm, throws deep. Ball's going to be picked off Diggs at the 20-yard line. At the 25, knocked out of bounds. As I'm not sure who he was throwing to, he had two receivers, one deep and one underneath, and the ball went right between them to Diggs. And the Seahawks have a takeaway, and Diggs has his third interception of the season. Yeah, I saw Lawrence and the, the wide receiver talking on the sideline. They were they clearly miscommunicated. I don't care. Uh, for me, it's about being a ball ball hawk. And, and Pete Carroll talked about Diggs. There's just some guys just have a feel for the ball, and he's one of them. I mean, it's five years in a row where he's had three picks or more. No other DB has done that in the league. That's shocking to me um, because, you know, it just shows how hard it is to get interceptions. But it, to me, Diggs is our defensive MVP through the halfway part of the season. I agree with you there in the second quarter. DK scores a 16-yard touchdown, making the score 14-0. Shotgun formation, play fake, looks far side. Throws, puts the ball up, reaching up, making a catch. DK Metcalf, touchdown, Seahawks. DK, I believe it was over Shaq Griffin from 16 yards. Geno Smith is perfect here in this first half today. Yeah, you know, this was a matchup I think everybody was looking forward to, right? DK versus Shaq, former teammates, got a lot of love for each other. You know, we heard DK talk in his postgame presser about having an opportunity to be able to go up and get one on a 50-50 ball. I think I thought Geno put it in the perfect spot on that back shoulder. Great play by Geno and DK for the TD. Way to make Pro Bowl type of plays from DK. In the third quarter, man, we get some trickery on Halloween. How about that, fellas? We get a double pass. DJ Dallas gets the ball, tosses it back to Gino. Gino finds Lockett for a 28-yard game. Second down and four. Quick toss left side. It's going to be a throwback to Gino Smith. He's got it now. He's going to throw. He's got Tyler Lockett who makes the catch at the 15, the 10, the 5 drop at the 4-yard line. A little razzle-dazzle. How do you do by the Seahawks? DJ Dallas heading to the right side with a toss. Throws it back to Gino who waits for Tyler Lockett to uncover on that sail route for 28 at the five-yard line of Jacksonville. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. Daryl Bevel, Schottenheimer, now Shane. Doesn't matter who the offensive coordinator is, this trick play seems to always be in the playbook, just like it tossed, throw back. In the, but you know what? I want to credit Geno Smith on this play because really the play was supposed to go deep for a touchdown to DK. He made the smart play right there to go to Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett makes a great contested catch and makes a play out of it. Great play overall. And you know why it works? Because they established the run early. The run didn't work, but it helped out on that play right there to finish off that drive. A play, 62 yards. DK scores a five-yard touchdown. Gino takes a shotgun snap. Blitz is coming. Throw outside. Touchdown! Seahawks in the front corner of the end zone. It's DK Metcalf for his second score of the day from five yards out. I think it was right in front of Shaq Griffin again. And again, Dave, as you said, there's no defense for a perfect pass. Well, I actually wrote a net note down. I said I thought this was a really well-designed play by Shane Waldron. They brought uh, DK in motion on that side, and then when he released, he just froze uh, Shaq Griffin just for a second, and that's all it takes. If now if I'm outside of you and I break before you, you got no shot, particularly against DK. So a really well-designed play that they had set up earlier in the game. Beautiful. He attacked leverage and got on his toes and was patient. This guy is becoming a route runner. All right. To finish this thing off, Travis Homer takes an onside kick to the house, the first kick return for the Hawks since 2017. 
Here we go. The onside kick again, right, and kicks it right to Homer, who picks it up on the run, and he's all the way down to the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Seahawks! Travis Homer gets it right back. Urban Meyer might think twice before he practices onside kicks again. As Homer just picks that ball up, he was on the front line. It bounced right to him. He ran right between two defenders and outran the Jags to the end zone, and Seattle extends its lead to 30-7. to Yeah, uh, Homer's one of those dudes that sometimes people question why he's still on the roster, but he does so many other things other than just be the running back. Like you said, Turbo, earlier, he, he's a for a small dude. He blocks very well, you know, blitz pickup. And then he was just really smart on that play. He talked about them kicking the ball before, and there was a timeout or a penalty or something, and he kind of noticed how they were going to approach it. And so he decided he'd just take the ball and go for it. Ended up with a touchdown. Before the game, we all said we need to hear guys, the twos and the threes names being mentioned. Travis Homer. Nick Ballor, Ryan Neal, Ryan Neal. Yep. Those guys got it done today. All right, the Hawks get it done, 31-7. to When we return, we will give you our game MVPs. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cowboy Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back. Hawk Talk, I'm hanging out with the fellas. Man, it's nice to do a post-game show after W. It's been a while. How many days? Yeah. You said it earlier, Moore. How many days has it been since the Hawks got a well, win? Well, I mean, it's been three weeks. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I didn't do the actual math, but it's been a while. October third was the last time we got a win. So happy to be here with you ah, guys, fellas. Twenty. Yeah. What's today? Thirty first. So twenty eight days. There you go. A month ago. Math. Arizona State education, right there, oh. baby. Let's go. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> hey, Wazoo, just as good. No, just because Wazoo beat us. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I know the education's better at Arizona State. I just was talking about the win you guys got. Yeah, we got it done, and the Hawks got it done. And who were the key components to the Hawks getting it done? We're going to give you our game MVPs. I only get involved if I have to be a tiebreaker. <laughs> so y'all let me know what you're thinking. Let's start off with Turbo. Oh, man. I knew you were going to start Turbo, with Turbo, you man. always start. I, <laughs> you always. And I'm always confused, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get my mind together every time, man. You want, uh, you want me to go first while you think about it? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna, I, I, I'll am gonna. go ahead and go, man. I know I'm the rook. And listen, uh, man, offensively, we, we knew it was going to be important for Geno to get going. He started off, man, just, just on fire. And then they got Tyler Lockett early. We were talking about before the game how Tyler's been kind of quiet. Um, but I'm still going to go on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to have to go with Quandre Diggs, man. Mm. You know, just the consistency of his play uh, throughout the season has been perfect. Uh, but, you know, had an interception again today. We talked about, you know, what he what he's been doing three interceptions this season for you know only only DB to do that in you know, five years or whatever it is and so um, you know just that bright spot of consistency on that defensive side of the ball I think it's huge and and so Quandre is my MVP for today for today's game man you for a rook you you have you've matured yeah that was a mature <laughs> answer that you just I did. appreciate that I appreciate yeah. that uh you my up. I go. Do I'll you want to go? Yeah, yeah, I right. go. Um, I like your thinking on that because you know, offensively, man, they had 229 yards. But I got to go with Geno Smith, and partly it's look, he took some heat. I mean, people say, "Hey, we need you to be more than just you know, 
a, a game manager. You got to make plays. You got to make yeah. tough throws in tough situations, and he did it. I think he started fourteen for fourteen. That's the best start of any quarterback year to date. Nobody has started fourteen for fourteen this year. So uh, Aaron Rodgers started at twelve for twelve. Or, or I just read, uh, and so he he beat that one for year to date. And he made those two throws to Tyler Lockett. Those were tough throws. The other stuff, you know, he was yeah, he was working. DK out was a tough one too. That, touchdown. That as well. Twenty for twenty four. Starts off fourteen for four. 14, couple touchdowns, uh, protected the football. I, I just, I think the team kind of rallied behind him on this one. So I'm going I'm to give it to Geno. I think well, well deserved. No, Tyler Lockett certainly, you know, I could give it to him too. But I think Geno under the circumstances, great game. Well, my key hog <laughs> to start the game. You want with- was Tyler Lockett. It was Tyler. And I said, you know what? They need to find other ways to get the ball to Tyler Lockett. He's not just a play-action pass, takes the top off the defense type of dude, that mm-hmm. they need to find other ways to get him. And so when you just said Gino completed you know, through these tough passes, well, in order for that to work, you got to have tough catches. And so Tyler did that. You talked about throw the ball to the open dude, open dude catching the ball. Tyler did that today. He had 12 catches for 142 yards, 11-yard average. And he was throwing all those body blows so that DK could, you know, get the the, the headshots and the knockouts. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with Tyler Lockett because dang on it, I said so. That's what I said. And so I'm going with Tyler Lockett. You thought you were gonna just sit there I I quietly? I thought I was. And now you, the pressure is on. I thought I was bringing us in and taking us out. Now you guys got to be in the conversation. Um, so before the game, if I were to say, man. Gino's going to go 14 to 14 to start this game. I bet y'all $100. All y'all would have taken that bet. <laughs> Absolutely. So because of that, I got to go with Gino. Oh, man. get that out of here. I got to go with Gino. So we going to give him two me, wins. Are you telling me I won the, go- the two game wins score? Day, bro. Nah. Get the MVP. No, no, no. You've all hey, been man. hanging out too much. Yeah, for real. I need to, for I need to real. do that Thursday night. For real, <laughs> man. Ray, we do Mondays. We good, baby. We do Monday podcasts. Man, you like 10 minutes. You and Paul go for like a couple hours. We're tired, man. We're tired. Hey, he won because I allowed it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a win is a lot more fun. It is. It? It is. All right, so our game MVP, MVP is Geno, but you could have gotten Quandre, could have gotten Tyler Lockett, even DK, man. Six targets, six catches, two touchdowns. I mean, guys are balling out there. All right, so, yeah, Paul, you get that one too, man. All right, when we return, we will preview the Packers. That is next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. It's time to preview the Packers. Before we do that, let me lay down a situation for you guys. The Hawks are chasing the Vikings right now. They are 3-3. Three and three. They're probably going to win tonight against Dallas. After this game, the Vikings, I'm saying, they play the Ravens, the Chargers, and the Packers. I can see them dropping two, maybe even three right there. The Hawks coming up, they have the Packers and the Niners. If they can get by the Packers and the Niners, a big ask, right? It's going to be tough against the Packers. You know, the Niners always play these guys well. They have the Texans. Cardinals? The, the Bears. Uh, sorry, the Cardinals. Excuse me. Excuse me. Go. Packers and the Cardinals. Thank you. After that, they have the Niners, the Texans, the Bears, and the Lions. If you can go 2-0 these next couple of weeks and bank on or hope on Minnesota Vikings dropping a couple games, you're right in the mix. It sounds like a Paul Moore situation. You're the, you're the guy who brings up these yeah. scenarios and stuff. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! Just follow the yellow brick road, baby. We'll get right to the playoffs. It'll be good. Uh, you know, obviously the Packer game's the big one. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, if Kyler Murray's you know out for three weeks, I mean, we got to buy. It probably puts him back in the third week. 
Well, we're going to have to just, uh, you know, we're, we're looking way down now, nine games. I, I'm looking at one. You know, it's Green Bay. We, we got to win. We can't go three and six. Uh, I think if you go three and six, you probably run the table. Though NASA made a good uh, point that, you know, maybe nine and seven gets you in there. But the, the challenge with the nine and seven for the Seahawks is we're chasing New Orleans and we're chasing Minnesota and we've lost to both of them. Yeah. So we lose mm-hmm. a tiebreaker. So. I think we have to get to 10 wins in that situation. Um, so Green Bay is just big. If we, can, I'm going to do the if now. If we can get by Green Bay, oh, man, I could see us going on a serious roll, yeah. serious roll. So they're going to be ready for this one. And it would be 9 and 8 because there are 17 games. That's this what year. I meant. But I meant, well, I meant 9 and 7, and then we got to get the next one okay. to get to 10 and gotcha. 7. I'm just making gotcha. that up. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I feel you. Okay. I feel you. Yeah, I, I like what you just said, too, Paul, about, you know, obviously, you know, our work and what we do, we're trying to look down the road and all that kind of thing. But – uh, really, man, if they can just duplicate, if Russ is back, whether it's the you know, you know the uh, the Green Bay game or Arizona game, but if we can carry this type of offense and this type of defense into the next games, so that we have things to build on, that builds the team confidence. The whole mindset thing we're talking about, you know, coming into this game about Jacksonville, they probably had the mindset that hey, we can go in here and win this football game, and so uh, it helps us have that mindset as well. Because we know that we can execute on a level that we can do some really good things on offense and we can do some really good things on defense. And so, yeah, the offensive numbers weren't like spectacular, but the performance was efficient and it was and it had urgency to it and it had playmaking in it and it had completions in it. It had the running game had an impact on it. And so uh, I think all of that helps, you know. If you can, you know, focus on this one game at a time and then put yourself in the mix to be in it at the end. Yeah, look, I told you guys after the loss to New Orleans last week at the end of our show, I believe. And I mean that. I really, I really mean that. I, I, you know, I, I, I can't go against, not that I can't, it's just that I believe in Russ and, and B. Wags and, and even a guy like Quandre Diggs, who's shown to be a consistent playmaker, which we need, you know, for this football team, creating turnovers and things like that. You know, I believe in the guys that we have on our team, the young players, Darrell Taylor. We we heard Darrell uh, looked good tonight. Yeah, too. man, he looked great tonight. And, and Coach uh, Carroll in his postgame presser uh, today talked about how great Jordan Brooks has been. Mm-hmm. You know, on the defensive side of the ball, guys are making plays, and so you know, I I, I truly deep down believe in this team because if I didn't, I would say so. I, I, you know, I really would. I'd be like, you know what? Ah, I don't know this year, <laughs> you know, but I don't feel that way. I truly believe in this football team that, you know, they can make, not only make the playoffs, uh, but make a run, you know, and especially in a game like this where, listen, we're playing a, a team that, you know, isn't as good as we are, right? And we don't have our starting quarterback and to win in the fashion that we did, right? It's different if we would have won like, 17-14, or, you know, it, it's a close battle at the end, in, in the fourth quarter. But we dominated this yeah, football nice. game. You know, yeah. we dominated this football game against, uh, you know. Uh, you know, A, a team a less, coming off a win. Exactly, and a less talented <laughs> team, right? We we acted like and played like the superior team, and it felt good to get a win like that. I believe in this team. Okay, well, we're, we're, well, we're, well. I'm going to ask a quick question because I got trick-or-treaters I got to get to. <laughs> if Paul, we get Russell back, no, seriously, just a real quick answer. Going into the Green Bay game, 
what, what we've seen the last three weeks, who are you more confident in, our defense or our offense? I'm going to say right now our defense. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm oh, going to say the defense, too, because yeah, I need to course. see the offense And by the way, Russell, Russell's back yeah, against no, Green Bay. Because our, our run game but, isn't consistent enough okay. right now. Yeah, and I, I need to see the offense do it again. Like right. I, need, I need for them to show that they can make a defense defend the entire field, that they can you know, make the quick, you know, get the ball out fast, not hold the ball for a long time, not just shoot for the stars on every single, on every single play. And so, yeah, today to me was like a blueprint. And then now they need to go out at, you know, greatness and good and being good means that you go out and do it again. So if they can do it again, the defense has done it for a couple of weeks. In a row. When, when is 32 back? Maybe never. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. All right, saying... Well, that, that means a lot as well, because I don't think you can go into Green Bay and put up the type of running performance you had today and expect to win, even if you have Russell Wilson. Because then you're going to if, – if you do that, then you're asking Russell Wilson to come in here and throw for 350 and three touchdowns and do it all on his own. And we've seen that he can do that, but to be consistently, that's going to be tough to do. The one thing that I think could help, and you guys can, you know, let me know what your opinion is as well, but I think a few more RPOs, run-pass options – you know, or even just read zone type of plays. Obviously, Russell doesn't want to run the football, but, you know, if you can get him in a little bit of of, of space, you know, the defensive end crashes on the running back and he gets a little bit of spa- space and he slides, that opens up that inside zone there in that shotgun run for the running back. I'm just saying. I, I would probably, because I don't know that, you know, Russell is that guy anymore. He doesn't, he's not going to pull it a whole lot like that and neither would Gino. But they could get the same thing accomplished by actually running the fly sweep. You know, like like I think if they gave it to Freddie Swain a few times, a couple times a game where he just run in the fly sweep to make people respect. Because today, like, the fly sweep was coming uh, across the line. Of, uh, uh, you know, they were trying to run the fly sweep, but the linebackers weren't respecting that at all. They were coming right downhill to the running back and because they we don't hand it off enough. And so I think that – even if you didn't do the zone, the, the RPOs where Russell is pulling the ball and running or Geno's running the ball, you could get that same thing accomplished by actually handing the ball off on the fly sweep. All right. Well, in the words of Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. We shall see when Russell Wilson returns. Okay. Today's final score, Seahawks 31, Jaguars 7. You've been listening to Hot Talk on 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. On-site engineer Zach Davies. Studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network, NASA Chobie. The Seahawks have a bye next Sunday, but are back in action on November 14th as they take on the Green Bay Packers. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, I am Michael Bumpus. Hawks get it done, 31-7.